We all do it. We scroll through our feeds, seeing people who have been in and out of our lives. We see their causes, beliefs, and sometimes even a moral compass, show-offs. I don't know about you, but I'm interested in the story behind the pictures. I think it's time to have a conversation. You know those moments when you scroll through social media and you start comparing the way you look to someone else? The smaller waist, the washboard abs, and how about those people with close to 0% body fat and muscles for days? Did you know that body dysmorphia is actually more common than schizophrenia and bipolar disorder? Not afraid to shy away from a challenge, my guest today entered into that world out of curiosity, insecurity, and just pure grit and determination. Her story is not only a warning about the pitfalls of body dysmorphia, but the strength it takes to love yourself for exactly who you are. Welcome to the podcast, Audra. Thank you so much for coming on to share your fitness and your health journey. I really want to just jump right in because this topic is one that I feel a lot of people, especially women, go through, yet we don't really openly share it. There's body positive hashtags and campaigns, but the overall pressure that a lot of us put on our bodies and essentially our self-worth are still pretty closeted topics. Yeah, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Of course, of course. So I kind of want to just start from the very beginning of when did you really get into fitness? So I um, I played volleyball since I was like 12 and I was a college athlete um, and I kind of have like since college, I, you know, we used to lift weights at, um, during school, but like since college, I've kind of just like, you know, I, I like to lift and I like to work out, but I didn't do it a ton. I would do it probably three times a week and that would be that. And I do yoga sometimes, but I never like took it very seriously. And, um, I think a little, when I got a little bit older in my twenties, I started to gain some weight just, you know, naturally it's what happens. And so, yeah. um, so I decided to, about two years ago to do a fitness, like a bikini competition. Um, basically it's like a bodybuilding type, or I thought it was like a bodybuilding type of competition. Um, just because I wanted to lose the excess weight and I thought this would be a good way to do it. And it's in a short time period. It was only 16 weeks. So I thought it would be a good way to, to jumpstart it. But, um, turns out, you know, a lot of other stuff happened that wasn't good. (laughs) Yeah. So how did you go from working out like three days a week to think just like bodybuilding competition? Social media played a lot in that part, yes. didn't it? Yeah, I would just go through like Instagram and I'd see all these like Instagram models or whatever and they'd do all these fitness shows. And I was like, you know what? I I can work hard enough to do that. Like, and it kind of was inspiring. I'm like, I see all these yeah. girls with like ripped abs and all this other stuff. I'm like, I, I, I bet I could try and and accomplish it so yeah that was pretty much where the idea came from and then I heard another friend of mine had done one and okay. she had encouraged me to do it so I was like and but didn't really give me any of the info on on, on the dangers of doing it and like yeah she had the a good experience need, and focused on that yeah and the research you need probably need to do before starting something like that so yeah so yeah. when you decided this is what I'm going to do, who did you reach out to first? Like how did, how did that actually like come to be? Well, I talked to my sister and mm-hmm. um, she was telling me, you know, there's this guy that I used to go to college with and he does, he's all over my Instagram. He does all this like fitness stuff and he advertises training needs here in Albuquerque. And um, I can, you know, here's his, his Instagram and you can DM him. And so I, I saw his post and he was super fit and and whatever, but I guess I didn't really know there's a lot of politics here in town about like fitness coaches and whatever. So I didn't do a lot of research. I just was like, Oh, this guy looks good. Yeah. His pictures look good. We have a common person that we know. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah. I think that's yeah. normal actually for a lot of the things that people do. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I probably should have done a little bit better research on it. So yeah. So I reached out to him and, um, and had a, and set up a meeting and then we kind of and he was really cheap so which yeah of course right <laughs> so I was like yeah of course so I was like okay well I guess this is gonna turn out to be a good thing so um, what was your first like initial meeting with him what was what did that entail it was pretty interesting so we he works out at this one gym in town and he like was upstairs in his office and he's like come up here and 
he's a pretty nice guy. And he's like, okay, so talk about what you want. And I didn't really go into a lot of detail. I just said, you know, I wanted to do a fitness show, whatever. He says, okay, well, do you want to do steroids or not? And then he goes, because oh, 95% of these athletes do steroids and um, I can get, I can just from the that. very beginning, like, <laughs> the very, the, and I'm such an idiot. I'm like, no, no, I don't want to do steroids. No, no, no. But I still didn't like take the red flag. But for you're what still it was. the guy for me. <laughs> yeah, no. but I still want to train with you. And so then he is like, okay, here's the price. We're starting tomorrow. Uh, oh just God. come, come into this gym. And he signed me up for a gym membership at their gym. And then basically I didn't even have time to think about it. I just like jumped yeah. right in the next day pretty much for you. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. So you go so, home and you're like, well, I'm doing yeah. this. And then you show up the next day and what, uh, walk me through. I'm so confused and I'm so intrigued by all of this. Okay. So he cut, he, so I go in the next day and he, um, we lift weights with him and then he, after we lift, and this was like a pretty common theme for us, like we would lift weights for an hour and then we would do 30 minutes of cardio. And then um, he gave me a, a diet plan and he said, and it was exact. It wasn't like you could do this or that. It was like, okay, I want in the morning a half a cup of egg whites. And then at lunch, I want four regular eggs. And at your second lunch, I want a four ounce piece of chicken. So he was like, I want you to follow this as exact as you possibly can follow it. And so I'm, I'm the type of person, like, I guess, even like with any coach that I've ever had, I'll do exactly what they tell me to do. So well, you're a coach too, so you get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So I was like, okay, I'm going to follow this exactly how, how he did it. And so my first like four weeks I was on, um, well, I started off on 1400 calories. Um, and then I started off on 12, then I went to 1200 after two weeks and then it got really crazy. Um, he wanted me to work out twice a day. So I did cardio in the morning, like they call it fasted cardio, which means like you're, you know, you're starving. You don't eat anything before. So you do cardio in the morning and then you go back and lift weights for an hour. And then you do cardio after that. And once he started me on that, um, he put me, yeah, the cardio in the morning was 30 minutes that then there was an hour and then 30 minutes. So two hours a day typically. So, um, so then um, once I started doing that, he had me on, um, they call it basically it's a carb cycle. So, um, three days you're no carbs and you're really low cal calories count. So like three of those days I was at 900 calories and, um, basically on the only carbs I got were through like vegetables. Yeah. And then the fourth day was like, they call it carb loading and it was 1200 calories, but still isn't that much. And, um, I could have like oatmeal and like a few Joy. like maybe, yeah a few other things but um but yeah so apparently like after doing more research later on 900 calories and working out that much is extremely dangerous I was gonna say did and you just so, like pass out like how did you even like get to your car and drive home yeah like, there's nothing yeah I yeah, I would get really, really sick and I, I'd feel really dizzy. Like I'd be driving home and feeling super dizzy. And when I went to work, I couldn't focus. Like I couldn't think very quickly. Fog. And, yeah. Well, and even when I was coaching, like there was one time where I put in the lineup like completely wrong and it was like a mess. The whole, we had to like, we had to stop and like try to figure out what, what I put down. Cause I don't even remember putting it down. That's how like wow. cloudy I was. Like, I don't even know. I was like, I don't know why I mixed up a six and a four. I have no idea. So, um, so yeah, so it got really, really bad. And then um, without, you know, taking too much time, one of the girls that I lifted with, she um, ended up having a stroke oh three weeks God. before our competition. No yeah, she, uh, went, she went blind. And they think it was from, because we were taking this stuff called jet fuel, which is like a, um, it's like an energy boost. And like metabolism, it like, or more than that, it's more than that. It like speeds yeah. up your metabolism or whatever, and it it's like that times five. <laughs> yeah. So oh she was gosh. taking that, and she was only eating egg whites. He only had her on egg whites, and so she didn't have enough, um, basically enough nutrition to fight yeah. off this. And she got it. She had a stroke and lost. Um, she went blind for five days, and then she got oh most of her eyes back. Yeah, and she was only. I mean, she was twenty-four. So it's not like she was older. She had a kid and it was a mess. And, and, um, that's terrifying. So that, I, 
we, we were three weeks out of my show and I was like, I can't do this anymore. And I quit going to this guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, I just don't trust him. And if he can make my friend go blind, like who what? knows what's going to yeah. happen to me. And I had a conversation with my dad and my dad was like, look, I'm really concerned about you. Like I really, I had lost 35 pounds in 12 weeks. Oh my um, gosh. and so it just, yeah, it just was like, just all too much, you know? Yeah. So anyways, I switched to a different trainer the last three weeks. I mean, at that point it was almost too late, but at least the different trainer was one of my really good friends, one of my best friends actually. And he was like, Audra, let me just take over from here. Mm-hmm. And he like basically helped me a lot. I like came to him crying and I was like, I can't do this anymore. I'm not a quitter, but yeah, I, I just, set a goal. I want to accomplish it. Like I, I want to do it. Yeah. I've already bought all this. I bought the bathing suit. I bought all the stuff for it. And so I was like, just let, just finish me out, you know, like just finish yeah. me on this journey and then I'm going to be done. And so anyways, so I ended up finishing, um, finishing the competition, but yeah, but then there was a lot of stuff that happened afterwards that made it, you know, pretty difficult too. So leading up to the competition, like what all did that consist of? Were you still doing the two hour a day workouts? Were you like, what changed um, when you switched to the new coach? What changed the most was my diet. He okay. put me on 1600 calories a day. And okay. he was like, look, what's happening is you're not losing anymore because your body is starving and it's taking all, now Everything. you're just eating into the muscle. Yeah. So I lost um, an extra five pounds instantly by increasing my calories, which was crazy. And That's I felt crazy. like a thousand times, I felt so much better. It was so nice. Um, and his workouts weren't as hard or long. He was just like, right now, for this next three weeks, I want to maintain. I want to kind of try to build a little bit of muscle because I had lost pretty much. Mo- I just looked thin. I didn't really look, like, strong or anything. Okay. But he's like, I just want to I want to build whatever we have left of your muscle. And then, you know, it's not going to be the best showing that you could do. But this guy basically took away all the muscle that you have. So I'm only going to – I can only do so much. So – he kind of kept me going slow and just doing like not, a, not as much cardio and um, kind of just tried to, my hormones were really messed up. So he tried to like fix my hormones as best as he could. Um, yeah. They still didn't, they still didn't like come back for a while. Like I didn't, I mean, I guess this is a little TMI, but I, mm-hmm. and this happens, I guess in the fitness industry, everybody knows, but you lose your period basically. And I didn't get it back for nine months. So and I had never had problems and with that. I've always been, like, fine. So it just goes to show that your body is was, like, in panic it, mode. Yeah, I was going to so. say, it sounds like it didn't have anything to respond to. You know, right. there was right. nothing mm-hmm. left. So when yeah. you were um, with the first trainer, which it's so scary that people like that can, like, be in business, you know, and, mm-hmm. like, do that. But yeah, it's so it common. Um, I've got mm-hmm. friends that it are is. trainers, too, that just, like, they warn you. Like, you really need to know. Um but were you, did you see a doctor in between any of that time or anything like that? Or were you just trying to get no, through it? No, he, I just was trying to get through it. And he, he would tell me, I mean, cause I didn't, I felt sick in the sense of like, I knew I was tired, but like, I didn't, yeah. I never was like, oh, I need to go to a doctor. But I think that, or a nutritionist, but he had claimed that he was a nutritionist and he knew what he was doing. So I like, I guess I shouldn't, should have not blindly trusted him like I did. And I think that's like where the problem, you know, I just, I really, I threw, I basically gave my health in his hands and to someone who didn't like, couldn't take care of my health. You know what I mean? His whole goal was the product. It had nothing to do with how I felt internally or even mentally. Yeah. It was the product, not the person. It sounds like. Right. And I would even call him sometimes and I'd be like, Hey, having a really bad day, like a really, really, really bad day. And he'd be like, well, I guess you can cheat a little bit and you could have an extra ounce of chicken or you could have a steak today or something. And I'm like, no, no, no. Like I, like I would like to have something because they do encourage sometimes in those shows, like have one cheat meal, maybe a month or something. So like, at least you like feel like a normal person again. So anyways, so I, I try to voice that to him and I just trusted him because I thought he was a professional and knew what he was doing. And I think that that was where my biggest, you know, that was my biggest mistake that I made. Yeah. 
And I finally saw the light when my friend got sick. So Yeah. Did she recover? She finally got her eyesight back, but it's not 100% back. Um, she says she, like, looks up and can see spots like she's looking in the sun still. Oh, and, yeah. um And she couldn't – her doctor wouldn't let her work out for, like, a year. So, like, she had been training that long, and it just, like, she just – it was just – she had school, and she couldn't study at school. She had to have somebody – come with her and take notes for her and stuff and she couldn't drive and she has a kid so she couldn't go pick up her kid she had to have a ride everywhere because her eyesight didn't come back for like months so wow that's insane uh, yeah yeah that's awful that's oh you hear things like that but you never know that it could happen you know what I mean like you don't know until you like know somebody that's gone through it that's just that's so crazy yeah so you get to the competition. How did that go? What was that experience like? So um, a week before the competition, they call it peak week, and it's okay. brutal. But I guess it wasn't as brutal as, like, my whole thing. So I was like, oh, this isn't as bad as, like, what I've been through. But basically, you end up pretty much starving the whole week, and it's really, really common. So um, And they say that it's not a bad thing to starve for a week. Like, you eat some, but you drink a ton of water in the beginning of the week and you eat very, very little sodium. So you have to have like very dry food. You can't have sauce and it's all meat. That's all you can eat. And then you basically, once the week you get halfway through, you start taking all the water out and How much water you are you drinking? Like at the beginning of the, the first, week? It's, so the first day was two gallons. The <sighs> second day was a gallon and a half. The third day was a gallon. The fourth day was half a gallon. The fifth day was a quarter of a gallon. And the sixth day was like whatever that is. And then the last day, you're not allowed to have any water. You can have a sip, maybe. Uh, and that's the day of your Really? Because mm-hmm. you want to be as like d- dried out, basically, as you possibly <laughs> yeah. can. To show like so, the definition, I guess? or Right. So the day of the show, it's kind of, I mean, you, you have to get spray tanned like four times. And, um, it's, so you're exhausted, you're, you, you're hungry. It sucks. The only thing that sucks the most is like, I had been dreaming about that day. I was like, I've got to make it to that day. And I didn't even really enjoy the day because I was so miserable. It was, we were at the show, the venue for nine hours. You get there at like 7am or you do, we did, I did makeup at six. You get there at seven. They walk you through everything. You wait in this long show, blah, 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 blah. It takes all day long. And you're just sitting there hungry, and um, yeah, so I felt like I didn't really like take it in because I was just so miserable. I just wanted to get through it and be done and go eat. Like that's all I could think about. So, <laughs> yeah. Um. So it was cool. I got to meet a lot of good girls though, and like it. It's kind of cool just because you all know that we all went through like a really tough experience together. Mm-hmm. Um. The way that they judge it is a little bit biased. They, especially at the one that I went to, um like a lot of the judges were coaches so they would pick like their girls which uh, is pretty annoying yeah so I already already lost before I started <laughs> but Aww. um but that doesn't matter I mean it, you get a trophy so it's like which is cool but I'm like I don't really those, like bucket list things you set out to do it you did it and now you can say that you've had that experience you know what I mean like that's exactly. what life's about <laughs> good bad right exactly that's really what it's right right it's like who cares about the trophy I'm 30 like I don't care that much about a trophy I mean <laughs> right? it's cool and all but I'm like well, I did it championships on your own outside of this you're good <laughs> yeah I'm like it's fine it's not a big deal so um so yeah so after that we went to the cheesecake factory and I <laughs> ate a, a ton and I got really sick which is pretty common I ate, like, you know, cheesecake and all sorts of things. I threw up for, like, seven hours after that. It was horrible. Oh, my gosh. Um, which they wa- they warn you, like, don't do that to your – don't shock your system like yeah, that. It but it's well. hard not to because you're, like, so hungry and you haven't eaten anything good in so long that you can't I, – like, I couldn't help myself, you know? Yeah. So, um, going through, especially, like, let's just look at the last, like, three weeks with your new coach leading up to it. And I know you were feeling mm-hmm. a lot better, but how was your mental health? Mm. it was horrible it was really really hard it was horrible anybody who knows I mean my ex then I was like he was just like I don't know how to deal with this like I can't deal with you I don't know what to do you just I would just cry every day like 
I, I would just, it was almost like counting down days, which is a really sad way to live. I'm like, okay, tomorrow I can get through tomorrow. I'm like, okay, I got through another week. I can get through another week. And it was, it was never like I'm enjoying my day. It was like, how do I get through the day enough to go to bed and wake up the next day and get it over with? And so mentally that isn't, and then you start, you know, okay, so you take pictures um, constantly because you have to, you have to, your trainers have to see where your body's at, what they need to develop, blah, blah, blah. So that's a little So that's how they do it? Just, okay. I, I mm-hmm. have no idea. I've never, you know, I yeah. know yeah. so every week, about this you, world. <laughs> Yeah, no, I didn't either. And I think that's why I wish that I like someone had told me all the things that happened. But like, yeah, so you send a picture in, in your underwear and bra to your trainer. Um, and they, like every day or weekly or like, once? Uh, uh, once a week. Yeah. Okay. So they can see oh the changes. Um, you barely post a Snapchat. <laughs> I can't even imagine. <laughs> like that's crazy. Well, well, it's just more like, it's also just really kind of uncomfortable sometimes because like, if you don't trust the person right. a lot, it's like that, those are like really personal pictures. And so yeah, I would feel like I that's mean, like a super vulnerable, like moment to have to. Right. And, and what's vulnerable too, is they're like, oh, your arm, your arm needs more development. You need to lose weight on this part of your mm. body. You need to. And then, so you start to get in your own mentality. Like, I don't look good here. I don't look good here. I need to fix here. And so you start to overanalyze it and that makes it, you know, that makes all the struggle even worse because you're like, I'm doing everything I can and I'm still not in the right spot that I need to be at. Why am I not? What else do I need to do? I'm killing myself here, you know? Yeah. So anyways, that was, that was the mental part. And then dealing with that. Yeah. Every day and you know, Every day, this is so crazy, but like, so I weighed myself probably 10 times a day. And then every day I would wake up and I would like feel my stomach and I'd feel my arms. And like some days I'd be like, out of bed. first thing, literally I would like open my eyes and I'd feel my stomach and I'd be like, do I feel thin today? Am I thinner? Is are things, and like, so my first thought when I woke up every morning is like, how, how is my physique? Like, how is my stomach looking? How is my, how are my arms or whatever? those are the two vulnerable parts for me personally okay yeah so um so yeah so that it would just it was a constant thought and it's hard too because I was probably really annoying I talked about it all the time I tried not to I tried really hard not to be that person but when it's your whole life it's really hard to not talk about it a lot so no I'm I'm an obsessive person (laughs) I totally like I I relate to that on a Mm -hmm. I relate to that very much you know especially Mm -hmm. when it's too like I think when you have goals and you and you go to set them like it's hard when you don't understand why everybody isn't on your level with whatever it is that you're trying to obtain you know and so it right. does, it, it becomes a an everyday thing of no this is important to me and and this is I have to get to this level whatever that level is you know that ultimate goal and right. you think exactly. I know for me um, in certain areas of my life like I think once I reach that goal that's where the happiness is gonna come. You know what I mean? Like if I just get there a little bit more, then, then, you know, that's when I can chill out and everything will be worth it and make sense. Yeah. And I think that you start to, well, and I, I think that goes into after the show and a lot of things revealed itself after the show, but like what you start to, I, you start to get into the mentality. So after the show is a, a whole different animal. It's way worse um, because really? you can't mean you. Oh my gosh. It's taken me to, it's taken me up until probably, this year, like the, this summer, maybe for me to feel better. But what happens is, is that, and this is what I wish someone had warned me about, but you start like definitely developing body dysmorphia. And it's very, very common in this industry because you can never maintain the 900 calories. You're eventually going to eat more. And unless you're so obsessive about it that you want to do another 10 shows and you decide to eat 900 calories, I wanted to go back to my regular life. I wanted to have beer with my friends or wine at night or pizza with, you know, my, the kids that I coach, like stuff like that. I wanted to be able to live my life again. And so you slowly start, some people gain it really fast. Um, I wasn't one of them because I was very self-aware of it, but you start to slowly gain weight and slowly gain weight and you just start to overthink it like why am I I work so hard and now I'm gaining so much weight why is this happening I was still working out really hard I was still trying and my diet was still 
But then, you know, I found myself out of the show, like spitting out food in a trash can. I would have like a bite of chocolate and panic or like, I would just, I would just think about food and I'd be like, nope, I'm just going to drink water and go to bed. And you just like, because you don't want to go back into where you felt like you were, you know, heavy before the show and now you're not. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think that I was ever, he- like, I've, I've always been like a little bit thicker, but I've never really felt like I've been super heavy, but in my head, I was like, oh, I was obese before the show. I can't be like that again. I would look at other people and I'd be like, I can't believe she let herself get like that like almost judging other people because really I was like judging myself, but I was like projecting that onto other people. You know what I mean? I would be oh, like, yeah. oh, I can't you know, like, and I also was very common. Yeah. And I also think I was just a little bit jealous that people could just like, I had to eat so strict to maintain my weight and people could just eat whatever the hell they wanted and be like thin. And so I would just feel really like a little bit jealous and angry and frustrated. And I, would take it out and even a different ex. So I've gone through two so far in that, but this other ex, I would project it very much on him. I'd be like, do you still think I'm pretty? Like, are you still attracted to me? Even if I gain some weight and it was almost became, you know, I don't know if this caused the reason, you know, for our breakup or whatever, but mm-hmm. it definitely didn't help anything to be honest. It yeah. created a lot of, it created a lot of issues between us and her personally because I was so insecure because I had felt like I was gaining weight back so do you think that there is a root cause for that like need for approval mm. I think that it's really hard to mentally go through something like you go through and then to break out of it just it to takes snap a out long time yeah. to just snap out you can't go through something like so intense and so strict it's like military you know they go into this controlled environment so strict so intense and then whenever they pop out of it it's like how do you go back to regular life well i mean it's, essentially it's it's pts <laughs> you know really that's that's yeah well and and to be honest war, but i mean trauma's trauma at the end of the day you yeah. went through it yeah and i think i i sometimes look at that like i kind of haven't loved to lift again and i used to love it and like it's almost like I just have these bad feelings about it. It's like, it is kind of like PTSD. Like, obviously I'm not relating anything like that. No, like, no, more, I like, fighting or anything. But, no. but in a small sense, yeah, I mean, but it's, it's frustrating because I put myself through trauma. It's like, I asked to do the trauma and that was so kind of like self-punish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, like, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. It's like, no, you're good. It's just like, why, why did I do that to myself? Like I could have stopped at any point and maybe it wouldn't have taken me this long to break out of it mentally. Um, but I did it. And now I'm paying the cost of the, sh- you know, the show basically. Yeah. So. Yeah. I was going to say like, do you feel like ashamed or anxious when it comes to like matters of your appearance now? Like how do you cope with that? Because I know sometimes like with me, if I have something, I kind of be like self-deprecating and like, Oh, I've got to say what anybody else could say beforehand. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so oh I yeah. Get it out first, like, but I know some people just become more recluse and don't want to go out and do things or they become even more, or they become like the opposite and more outgoing to try to cover the insecurities that they're facing. How do you think you dealt with that? Um, I just, I was, I like to like socialize and, and when yeah. I was doing the show, I wasn't, I wasn't allowed to, I could have gone out, but I'm just the type of person of someone's getting a drink or someone's getting food. I'm probably going to get that. It's not I mean, that I like, we became give into, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It's not like I'm going to give into peer pressure, but I'm like, Oh, you're getting a drink. Cool. I'm going to too. So yeah. during my show for 16 weeks, I just hid in my house because I was like, I can't be around this. I, I don't want the temptation of trying to eat. Like, I'm just going to, you know, I'm just going to hide. So when I was done, I was like, wanted to hang out with my friends and I wanted to be around people. But I was also like, once I started to gain weight back, I was really self-conscious. And like, I was, you know, I'd walk into a room and like lift up my shirt and be like, and like examine my body and be like, okay, does this look okay? Does this look okay? And I would do it constantly, not when people were around, but I would do it constantly. Like I would go, I would literally be at a party and go into the bathroom just to make sure that I didn't look fat in my head. And like, not to go to, you know, not to go to the bathroom or anything. And like that kind of stuff, it just, I I tried really hard to hide it, but it would come out like I would probably make a lot of self-deprecating comments about being fat. 
And then my friends would be like, you're not fat, shut up, don't say things like that. But it's like, but in my head, I'm like, no, no, you don't actually know. I mean, that's how I feel. Like, that's genuinely how I feel. And so, and I always would think, like, I wish I could go back to the confidence that I had before the show. I didn't care that much about my weight. Like, I did. Like, I wanted to be a little thinner. But, like, I was just happy in who I was. And I I would just wish that I could be like that and not be so obsessive about how I was looking. Mm-hmm. And just be able to be in a situation and feel normal and not feel like, oh, there's chips at this party. And if I eat too many, I'm going to look huge. So that or you're going to have to like kill yourself the next day in the gym or exactly. do whatever. Yep. Yep. That's you exactly find how that now you have to like constantly remind yourself to like snap out of that mindset of like dieting. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've gotten better like this past probably few months. Um, it's, you know, I, me and my ex, we broke up a few months ago and mm-hmm. I um, had to do a lot of self-reflecting. And I think that was one of the things that like, I have to really come to terms with is that I, you know, I, I have to snap out of that mentality. And if I gain weight and if I'm, and right now I feel like a lot happier than I have felt in a long time because I got to the point where I'm like, why am I doing this to myself? It's only punishing me. People still like me for me. And if someone wants to date me, they're going to date me for me. So regardless of how I look or not look, I'm, I am who I am and I've got to start being comfortable with who I am, you know, and I have to stop. And like, there's periods of time where you might be heavier. There's periods of time where you might be thinner. That's just life. And I've just, it, at this point, I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to start accepting it and not thinking so much about it because all it's doing is making me unhappy. And that's worse is that people being around me being unhappy. I'd rather just be fat and happy in my head than thin and miserable because people don't want to be around you when you're like that. So I really yeah, it's to hard. try it to really does come out in everything, doesn't it? It does in everything. Even I, you know, I coach and even coaching or anything. I feel like this season I've been the happiest I've been in a really long time and just coaching wise. And it, and that's also because I'm not thinking about that all the time. It's like not my focus. My focus is coaching. And yeah. if, if my kids hand me, you know, a tiny candy bar, I might eat it and the world won't end, you know, <laughs> everything's going to be totally fine and I'm going to be okay. And it doesn't mean that like I've totally fallen off the wagon. I definitely, watch oh, what yeah. I eat and, you're and I've been trying to and what makes you feel good. I mean, you're operating out of a place of self-love, you know, versus. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just trying to find the, I'm trying to find the balance. I don't necessarily think I'm there yet, but sure. I think that I'm on, I'm on my way of finding the balance. And I think that when people like all this, like, you know, the self-love and all that stuff, and people post all these like transformation pictures. I wish I could be like, yes, but does that really make this person happy? Because you have to find the balance. If, if, if I'm generally a thicker person, then I'm going to be that way. And that's going to be what it is. And I'd rather just accept that and try to be healthy still at the same time. So yeah, it's hard because like, you know, it's, it's easy to say we, at the end of the day, basically, we all want validation that we're doing a good job that, you know, we're, we're putting our best out there. You know what I mean? Like, right. who wouldn't mm-hmm. want that? So yeah, what would exactly. you say is your biggest challenge now post-competition? Um, I think finding my, right now, currently, my biggest challenge is finding the love to do fitness again. Like, I like to work out and used to love it. But, like, I hate going to the gym and lifting weights, I think, because of that show. So I've been trying different things. I still love yoga, and I've been trying all sorts. I'm trying different cardio classes that I've started to like. And I'm just trying to find a good rhythm of, like, what I like and makes me happy, and I don't feel forced to do it. And so I think that's where – that's been the hardest part. It's because I do want to do it again, but it's, like, breaking out of the mentality that I have to do something. I mean, I don't have to do anything that I don't want to do. Right. But I do want to include it back into my life. So that's been probably the biggest challenge is like, what is it that's going to make me really happy that I'm still doing fitness, but I don't feel pressure to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think that like moving forward that you're going to put as much effort and determination as you did into the weights and diet into your mental health? Um, yeah, well, I think, yeah, I I think that that kind of comes with a little bit of maturity too. 
you know? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think that, I think that when you're in your 20s and you're, like, just trying to discover who you are and all that kind of stuff, it takes time to figure out what's good for you mentally and what you accept. And not that I've got it mastered or that yeah, I, I mean, it's like close. practice. If we had it down, we wouldn't be here. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Exactly. And so it's just, you know, I've done a lot. I really, it also takes a lot going through a lot of different hard stuff to, um, to get to that point. So I think that I've done the best that I can to mentally try to work on myself almost more than physically. These past few months, I haven't worked out hardly at all, but yeah. I kind of haven't cared because I was kind of best. in a dark place. I, I was in a dark place um, for a long time and I got to a place where I feel better. And I just like every day, just try to, you know, work on, you know, writing things down and my mental health and what, what I need from, you know, my job or my friends or my mm-hmm. life. I've cut a lot of people out of my life that I don't need anymore from friendships to relationships and, um, and that has been beneficial. And so, you know, and then the, the physical side is going to be there and I'll fix that when I want to fix it and I'll get there. But the, what was more important to me was the mental part of it. So I finally feel better and in a better spot now. So. Yeah. I know when we discussed um, you coming on to, to share your story and stuff, we, we talked a little bit about you going to a doctor and the medical risk that you faced and kind of like mm. you went and saw that holistic specialist. Tell me about that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I was feeling really sick um, after the show. Like, I just, my stomach was hurting all the time. And I've always kind of had stomach issues, but mm-hmm. like, not like this. And I was like, oh, it's maybe just because I'm coming back from the show and blah, blah, blah. So my, this doctor tests metals in your body and my mom went to her and she kind of cured my mom of Lyme's disease. So my mom was like, Hey, why don't you go get your metals tested and see maybe if there's an imbalance or something. So anyways, I went in and got my metals tested and because of all the salmon that I ate at my show, I essentially had mercury poisoning and, um, I was not, I was not in the life threatening zone, but I was right near it. So um, since that was in February, so since then, um, we've been doing a ton of different detox stuff and I have had to go gluten-free, dairy-free, fish-free, sugar-free, um, and try to flush out all the, cause I guess mercury, um, has something to do with sugar, I guess it attaches or something. So I had to flush out all of that stuff. So, wow. um, I've, I've been doing it since then. Um, I think the, probably the past month I haven't been the best at this, it's <laughs> but <hard. laughs> we're going to get. Yeah, but we're going to get tested. Um, I'm getting tested soon. So um, just to see if my levels have gone down and stuff, but I feel better. My stomach feels better. So I'm hope I'm hoping that that that's helped. But yeah, I mean, from that show, all sorts of things, you know, my neck would bother me really bad because I guess mercury hangs out like kind of in your neck region and your head and my, I'd get headaches and Interesting. Yeah, I'm just, sure like I'm sure mm-hmm. that all contributed to like the brain fog and all that stuff too, without a doubt. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Absolutely. So. Now you're detoxing from that. Oh my mm-hmm. gosh, girl. <laughs> yeah, all oh because I gosh. did it to myself. <laughs> <laughs> Be all kind because- to yourself. No, it was something that you wanted to do. And I think like you you've mentioned it, you know, throughout the conversation that had you known differently you would have approached it differently and I mean that's what these life lessons are for I mean that's that's why I I wanted to have you on because it was just so interesting because like someone like me who's never I mean I work out but not fitness competition has never been something that I thought hey I want to tackle that so I know nothing about that side of things and it was interesting and I think it's really cool that you you went for it because it was something that you wanted to do I mean I hate what you had to go through but well and I think that everybody is like oh but you should be proud that you did it you should be proud that you did it and I I am and like it took me a long time because I was so angry for a while about it I was like no I'm not proud that I did it but I am proud in the sense of like I accomplished something that was really hard to accomplish and I have to give myself credit for that you know but the reason I mean the main reason why I wanted to come on here is because like I just wish someone like I see girls who are starting their competition journey and I like I'll message them immediately and be like, Hey, really take a good hard look at if you want to do this. Like if you're willing to sacrifice a lot of things, then go for it. But Mm -hmm. here's, here's what I sacrificed and here's how hard it's been since then. And so, um, 
I think that I, I wish someone had done that to me. I even wish my friend who encouraged me to do it. I wish she had told me all the dangers because I know she's probably gone through them. Everybody goes through them in the show. Like we talk about it. When I was backstage, all of us talked about how hard it was and all of us talked about the body dysmorphia stuff. And it was not like it's hidden because people don't want to know that's what the fitness industry is, but it really, there's a lot of that in there. And some people are tough and they don't they fall into that, but I guess I'm not one of those people. Well, it sounds like the overall vast majority of it, you know, is very similar to the experience mm-hmm. that you had. Mine was extreme, to be fair. Like, mine was very extreme. So some people didn't have the kind of experience that I did. But there is all still that in there, you know? Yeah. You work with young women. You're a coach. Mm-hmm. You coach volleyball. Does your experience with this feed into how you – coach well I think that you know well definitely the year that I was going through this I was grumpy I was really hard like I I think that I was probably the grumpiest I had ever been coaching mm-hmm. um, and that's not really my style I'm not like a screamer yeller and I think that there was times where I would snap just because I was like it wasn't them but I think that what it taught me you know and I, I actually was telling one of my players this because she was crying the other day after, after practice. And, you know, you go through things in life that are really, really hard. And, but you, you make it through and you learn how to cope. And I think when you get older, you get more coping mechanisms to be able to handle those things. Mm-hmm. And going through something like that, you kind of learn how to cope. And I think that if anything that I can teach them is that it's not as bad as it feels in the moment, you know, like it feels yeah, horrible. But once you can see the perspective outside of it, it's not quite as bad as it might feel. At least that's how I've seen it. I mean, things, that doesn't mean that life doesn't get really hard and bad, but I just see it as like, and especially in high school, you know, everybody's like the biggest thing in the world when something happens in high school. But when you are out of it, you're like, oh, I don't even, I mean, think about it. I mean, I don't even remember any, I don't remember anything from high school. Like I don't remember any of the fights or the drama. Yeah. Out of sight, out of mind. Yeah. Yeah. So one girl who was like, and, and that doesn't mean that it's not important what she's going through. No, but, oh, absolutely. But at the same time, it's like, you, can see you know, if, if you can just, if you can just stay the course, it gets, and I told her this, it gets better. And I think that if that, if someone had just told me that at the show, like just stay the course and it's going to get better or even like some tips or anything. And now I see it and I'm like, you know what? It was really hard and horrible, but it, it's better. And I feel better now. So um, if I, I think that's the biggest thing that I can, if anything that I went through that I can tell those kids, you know? Yeah. I think that's just like a good metaphor for life in general, you know, like just yeah. keep going. You're going to get through it. Like mm-hmm. you, you've got yeah. to go through the stuff to have, um, to, to have what you want or to have the, ha- and yeah, not that, the experiences. Not you, you, you know, and there's a lot of people that deal with depression and anxiety and I'm not taking that away from them and things are no. hard and, and I, and I definitely don't want to say that, but I will say for me personally, because that's all I can speak on is my personal experience is that mm-hmm. the t- when things are really tough for me, if I just continue to keep, keep the future in mind and keep pushing, then mm-hmm. I can usually push through like the adversity. And that, at least in my experience, that's what I've gone through. So um, I if I that. can, yeah, if I can say that with kids and, you know, and most of them have had really great lives and not that their pain isn't anything hard, but you know, they, they don't, I coach at a private school. So mm-hmm. some of their issues are boys or whatever yeah. friends, but a lot yeah. of it's not like, is there food on the table or how am I going to get to school on time or anything like yeah. that? So it's trivial um, in the big universe of schemes, but at the same time, it's important to them now. And it's what they're going through. It's, you know, you, you can't take that away from anybody. Yeah, so. for sure. It's kind of like what I tell my kids. I'm like, okay, we have to let it hurt so then we can let it heal and then we can let it go. <laughs> you know, like that's like, exactly. I'm constantly telling them them that when, when we face issues, it's. Yes, you have exactly. To, you have to go through. Yep. Stuff. Yep. I agree wow. for sure. Wow. What would you tell? I know we've kind of gone over this, but what would you tell your past self? <laughs> Um, I think that I would just say that it's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. If I could tell my past self anything that it's going to be okay, that you're going to push through, you're going to make it through. And even if it's not okay, you're going to figure out how to make it okay. 
<laughs> you know yes, what I mean? Yes. <laughs> I'm like fist pump in the air right now. Yes, I'm relating. I love it. <laughs> yeah, because because you know things might not be okay, but you you find ways to deal with it, and you have. I mean, life moves on. Everything just keeps continually going, so you have to learn how to deal with it. You yeah. have to learn how to mature with whatever is going on in your life and, or, you know, get the help that you need or whatever you need, whatever problem that you're going through, you just, it's, you're, you're gonna, it has to, there's no other option. You just keep going through life. Every day keeps happening. So yeah, it's, you know, that's just, I guess that's what I live by. I yeah, always, I, like I always have, I have since, you know, I've gone through a lot of different adverse things. Um, mm-hmm. I've also been very spoiled, so I can't say a lot of that like you know I've been lucky monetarily and I've been able to but I've definitely gone through my fair share of trials so Mm -hmm. I love that thank you so much (laughs) for agreeing to come on and and talk with me about this I I really enjoyed it for such like a hard topic I actually really enjoyed it I learned a lot um well good yeah I hope that when I really this and understands that you know there just because you see something there's so much more behind it well and I really hope that people and I, I hope that if anybody listens to this and like is wanting to do a, a show or whatever like I hope you realize that like it, everybody's beautiful in their own in their own way and what makes most people beautiful is their personalities and what they like contribute to the world with their like their mind and and you know all those Instagram models and all that stuff like half of that stuff is fake yeah. And all those girls that are in those fitness competitions, 95% of them are miserable. So you have to remember that, like, if you do decide to go that route, just be careful. But if you're feeling insecure because you see girls like that, if you're happy and you're living your best life and you want to go out and drink with your friends or you want to just do whatever you want to do, then do it and don't worry about that because someone's going to love you for you and your friends love you for you and it has nothing to do with your weight or how you look. Right. And if it does, if you date someone that does, then get get rid of him fast. Get the heck out of there. Because <laughs> he does not deserve to be with you at all. If, that, if he's worried about your weight, then you got bigger problems That's with right. that guy. Yeah, so. yeah. You need to look <laughs> yeah. in that mirror for something else altogether. That's crazy. Yeah, exactly. Oh exactly. my gosh. Well, before we wrap up, um, I'm starting this thing. I did it with my first podcast guest where I go through James Lipton's top 10 questions, and I wanted to see if you were up for it. Sure. Okay. So what is your favorite word? (laughs) Fuck. There you go. I love it. (laughs) What's your least favorite word? Oh, man. Um, Oh, (laughs) you know what I think it is? This is so weird. But whenever, so my family's from the South, and whenever they say the word, instead of saying pee, they say pee-pee, and it makes me cringe. I heard my, like, I heard my great aunt say it the other day, and I was like, oh, I forgot how much I hate it. Like, oh, she had to go pee-pee. I'm like, oh. So that's probably, I don't even know if that's a word. It might be, like, just two letters or something, but I hate that. Oh, my God, that's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) All right. What turns you on creatively, spiritually, or emotionally? Um, probably music. I'm like a huge music person. And like sometimes you can listen to a song and like it brings up so many different emotions. I've like, mm-hmm. I can, I have cried so many times listening to certain songs that are like so just. I did that earlier today. I totally get it. (laughs) Yep. Like harmonies, melodies, like if anything, it makes me excited in life. It's music. And if I wish, if I could have like re-gone through, I mean, I love volleyball, but I wish I would have pursued music a little bit more. Interesting. Yeah. What turns you off? Um, I guess, uh, hmm. besides gyms, (laughs) just kidding. (laughs) I guess, uh, people that are judgmental. I think that turns me off. And like everybody's a little judgy and I can be a little judgmental too. Oh, it's, it's in our makeup. Yeah. We, we just do it. Yeah. I'm talking about like not accepting people for who they are. Like, you know, you might not be the same personality as somebody else, but like, let them live. Like that's who they are. And, or if they're negative part, then don't be around them. But if you continue to let someone be around you and you hate what they, who they are, what they are, you know, I just, that's a huge pet peeve of mine, I think. Yeah. 
I already know the answer to this one, but what's your favorite curse word? <laughs> <laughs> yep. Well, yeah, I, yeah, I'd say fuck. Okay. So. Let's just go with it. <laughs> um, what's a sound or a noise that you love? That's an interesting one. I think a noise I love is like going into a gym and hearing like all the chatter and like a volleyball and the whistle and all that stuff. I think that's like, I used to go into club tournaments and they would have like, you know, 400 courts or something. And you just hear all this stuff and this noise. And it's like, feels like comforting to me because that's just what I've done forever. So I think that would be it probably. Love it. What sound or noise do you hate? Hmm. I guess nails on a chalkboard. Yeah. It's yeah. pretty stereotypical, but I mean, I really do don't, I don't like that. So I would say that. <laughs> what profession other than the one that you're doing now, would you like to attempt? Um, well, I wish I could sing. That's all I've ever wanted to do is be a singer. <laughs> really? Okay. It's so it's not gonna happen it's so far-fetched but if if I could or a songwriter I would love to like if I couldn't sing I'd love to write songs and people purchase my songs and make stuff happen but yeah that would probably be it I think what would you not want to do what profession would you not want to do I would not want to work at a gas station (laughs) or be a gynecologist probably (laughs) two very different things I love it (laughs) Yeah, because, you know, gas stations, I don't like danger. I'm pretty, I'm a pretty big chicken. So, okay, you know, gas stations really? are dangerous. Really? I would That's not why. think that about you. That's really interesting. Really? Yeah, no, yeah. I'm a huge chicken. So, and then, you know, and I think gynecology is self-explanatory. Yeah, that one. I, I didn't have any follow-up questions to that one. <laughs> okay, yeah, and then so. lastly, if heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Um. Think, hmm. I think that I would like to hear him say either like welcome home or that like you did your best you know mm. that would probably be it job well done so. love it I love it yeah. thank you so so much I really enjoyed this I really appreciate you having me on it's, it's been really fun yeah this is awesome thank you Audra well, thank you Kella